Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Previously, on the Old Ways Podcast. Mr. Forsyth, one, nobody tells me what to do, especially a man, and two, I'm going. End of discussion. As far as I'm concerned, cops are the problem in Harlem. Always have been, always will be. There was a Dr. Hudson, a psychologist, who was with, who worked with the Carlisle Expedition. His personal effects, do you happen to know? what would have happened to them. Apparently, Roger Carlyle had nightmares his entire life. He had dreams that his, he had a voice calling his name the entire the, the expedition was to find the source of the dreams. So, yeah, this is a uh, special edition of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper uh, over the internet, <laughs> Michael. I'm just going to go down the old list because it still makes sense uh, to my virtual right. Ah, Lonnie, and I'll be playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, who is currently a disembodied voice on the internet. That's true. Very good, very good, sir. Into uh, his right. This is Lillian Lane, um, also known as Morgan, and I am also a disembodied person on the internet, sitting in my basement. Very good. Uh, At the uh, other end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Special Investigator Jack Doyle, and I'm actually in the internet. That's kind of scary. Uh, to his right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach. And what is this internet everyone is talking about? I'm some sort of net or webbing or something? Or I don't... <laughs> Very good, sir. And last but most certainly not least. Uh, Tiffany playing Maeve O'Shea, and I have no idea what I'm doing right now. It's okay, because neither do any of us. Um, So as many of you probably uh, are well aware, the uh, COVID-19 virus that's making its way around the world uh, has separated us, and we've been forced to social distance. Uh, So that said, we're going to do our best uh, over the next uh, hour or so to entertain you, uh, maybe have a laugh or two along the way, uh, and then uh, get on with this investigation. So when last we met, when last we were all together, we had kind of gotten some disturbing information about where Roger Carlyle had spent some of his time and who had been helping Roger with the problem. And the investigators had come back to the Hotel Girard in New York, and they've, they've got a, a load of information now they have to figure out before they make their next move. So, ladies and gentlemen... What are you doing? So have you guys uh, had a chance to go over the uh, file that we required? If you mean the uh, documents that you got from the uh, doctor's office? The medical examiner's building, yeah. 
Yeah, perhaps you could summarize those for us really quickly. Give me a second. Yep. I think Dr. Tottenbach has probably had a chance to leave through them a little bit. Well, from what I understand, uh, the it's Dr. Hudson started off as a fairly notable doctor, usual kind of thing, uh, usual kind of man. Unfortunately, his possession, his obsession with the Carlisle case has, it seems like it, it, it unhinges him professionally. I would not, he has taken liberties that I would not, but then again, the artist bedfellows, you know what I mean? But he, he takes an unhealthy and unprofessional interest in Roger Carlyle, and to that end begins to socialize with him. Carlyle has had a dream his entire life about some figure, an Egyptian figure with a upside down onk carved into his forehead. Uh, this figure, this being is compulsory. It drives everything that Carlyle seems to do after the dreams begin to, he begins to journal his dreams. And if I could read this dream journal, that would be exceptionally helpful to our case, I think. Yeah, I mean, if we could get a hold of that, that would be extraordinarily useful. This okay. doctor seemed to have a uh, um, obsession with Mr. Carlyle. And throughout the uh, course of the uh, document, he at some point he, be, he seems to start losing his own mind, having dreams a lot like uh, Carlisle's. Something and something terrible happened between him and another. Uh, I assume a woman. I don't know what it was. It feels almost like an affair. Perhaps he keeps worrying about legal action and the family. I wonder if he maybe got her pregnant. No, I, I, I feel it's worse than that. You expect some sort of foul play? I, I deep down, I expect, I suspect that there's foul play involved somehow. Whether she was, he had her committed or what happened. But it almost seems like she is completely out of the picture, if you know what I mean. I was just going to say, we need to find this IB character and see what she knows. I believe it is a she. And there was a reference to a patty. Did you notice? Was that someone in the Carlisle expedition? Might have been. We also have a name for this uh, um, African woman This uh, uh, that they were talked that uh, Erica Carlisle talked about. Mawer. She was supposed to be some kind of priestess or princess or something. But she seemed to really have her hooks into uh, Mr. Carlisle. I concur. She seemed to control his very actions. There's a lot of weird stuff that went on here. It seems like maybe she, uh, she um, connected to, somehow got this uh, Egyptologist from London to get a hold of uh, Roger. I don't know. Um, I wonder, uh, you say, Patty, there was a Hypatia Masters who went with the expedition. Ah, yes, that's probably her. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. One of the last pages he talks about... Uh, going to Egypt with Jack and Patty and her, meaning Mawiru. Okay, so yeah, just to kind of make sure we're all on the same page, it's fair enough. You were, <laughs> Tiff, your character was um, overcome with a bad you had some, some bad shellfish and you were sick for a day. 
That's how we explained the uh, C2E2 uh, situation. So you were down for a day or so um, because your next step with the investigative portion was going to go was going to be go- to go back during regular business day uh, to the Juju house. That's the one thing that you were getting prepared to investigate. So you've been right. at, the ho- at the hotel Gerard recovering and they've come in and you're kind of probably propped up on one of the many comfortable pieces of furniture when Jack and uh, Sigmund come back in with this folder and they start going through this what looks like medical information. Okay. Okay. Let me pull that up again too. Thank you. You're welcome. Not a problem. No, it's, I should have um, been a few weeks for me too. Check and do a brief check over Maeve and make sure she's okay. Not good to be exhausted. Um, she, yeah, I, I mean, you feel okay for the most part. Um, if anybody here has ever had a food uh, agitation or a food situation, especially when it comes to seafood or shellfish, uh, it can be a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit weak in the knees for a day. Um, but for the most part, you've recovered. Give her some sodium bicarbonate, of course, to help her, sum- help her stomach. I'm feeling a little bit better. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and then I guess Miss Lane, you're probably, I know I said all the investigators were here, but you can correct that if you'd like. If you'd have gone back to your apartment, that's fine. Yeah, if it's Up been overnight already, I, I would have probably come back to my apartment. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, so what we'll do is the scene will pick up. We'll say scene-wise uh, that this is the uh, this is Tuesday the 20th, 20th of January. So this is the day after the will reading. Yeah, probably would have taken us some time to read the L2. Yeah, it it's a lot to digest. Yeah, I'm assuming, though, given... Given the doctor's ex- expertise with medical records, especially, he's going to probably be able to plow through that and, you know, the, at least get a good summary within a half an hour. Uh, and then a deep dive probably takes oh, yeah. a few hours. But yeah, carry on. Well, if I'm at my apartment, I would probably be getting ready to come over to Hotel Gerard. Yeah, that's fine. Um, we can just redline your travel. That's no issue. Uh, we'll say it's roughly, uh, we'll say it's 10 in the, maybe 9 or 10 in the morning. We'll assume the investigators have eaten that morning. And uh, you've all collected now inside the larger hotel room in the Gerard, which, of course, for Lillian is a slight step down. She would, she'd be over at the, you know, someplace a little nicer than the Hotel Gerard. But it, it's serviceable. That's what she'd say. That's what she'd think, at least. Um, but you've all collected together with this big kind of stockpile of information that uh, these two characters have gotten a hold of. Guten Morgen, everyone. Are we ready for the various shenanigans today? What is the plan today? Um, I believe me and Miss O'Shea want to go to the Juju house. Correct. Is that a group field trip or is that a U2 field trip? I don't think a group would be smart. It'll, It'll probably bring in too much attention. Actually, I wonder if something, given the records that uh, Mr. Doyle has uh, procured for us, Perhaps Dr. Tottenbach and I could go review the, uh, could go to the Medical Affairs Board and uh, see what this doctor was afraid of getting in trouble for. 
You know, having uh, Miss Lane along wouldn't wouldn't hurt us at the Juju house either, because she could definitely be the kind of person who would be interested in picking up some interesting uh, imports. That's true. Perhaps that would be a good guise to go in under. Uh, Miss Lane and two of her associates here to purchase imports. Uh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one to you, Doctor. You would know uh, as far as the medical board goes. Going in front of a medical board to find out what a doctor was doing with a patient in this era would be very difficult. Yeah, there'd be a lot of red tape. Uh, <laughs> that's like yeah. <laughs> minimum. Yeah, given your level of medicine, uh, you're fairly certain that you were lucky to get out with the files you did. But yeah, there's all sorts of stories you could tell uh, whoever is at the Juju house about why you're all there. I believe that perhaps, while a, a large group might not be the best of ide- intentions, many people have told us the Juju house is not a safe place, so perhaps a group of us is a good idea. Are you saying we should bring our rifles? God, Liba. This woman with the rifles and the shotguns. <laughs> I'll get to use it one of these days. He didn't say no. Keep it in the trunk of the car. I think perhaps in the boot. In the boot. All right. So we're going to head out. Yeah. If Doyle's ready to go. I have my good cane. Not my, uh, my, the sword cane. At least I want armed with that. I'll have you know that Jack Doyle was born ready. That's something Jack Doyle would say. I, uh, um, of course, uh, will be carrying my, my sidearm if it's a dangerous situation. So the characters get together and kind of, I guess the question is, is how are you getting there? Miss Lane, are you providing transportation in a large sure. vehicle, which you would have access to? Or are you making everybody take a taxi there? They can all take a taxi and I'll take my car. No, um, no, we wow. can all ride. <laughs> Wow. We can all ride together. <laughs> okay. You go back downstairs, Miss Lane, uh, and you tell the chauffeur that they need to prepare themselves for more people getting in the vehicle. <laughs> and then the kind of clown college commences. Are we all going to fit inside of that car? <laughs> um, There's yeah. only five, be fine. Yeah, you've got two bench seats in back. Uh, they face each other. This is a nice car. <sighs> Oh, okay. Okay. And so it would fit six total if you had to. Uh, seven if you want. If you put somebody on the floor, I guess. Lonnie, on the floor. <laughs> on the floor with you. Okay. Uh, yeah. You uh, tell your driver to uh, take you around to uh, a place called the Juju House. He asks where the Juju House is. Oh, we can provide him the address. Mm-hmm. And you what sure is can. the address? Does somebody know? So I uh, have it in my notes if you want me to go scroll through them. No, I've got it. So the Art Emporium is in Harlem. That's where this Juju house is. Uh, it's an African Art Emporium. Uh, it's at one Ransom Court. It's, it's a cluttered alley off of West 137th Street, east of Lenox Avenue. Um, it's a short alley that opens and do about a 20-foot square court. Uh, the only doors from the court 
are those of the Juju house and the back door of what looks like uh, an abandoned building. Now, Doyle and Miss O'Shea were here earlier and they, from the look that they got, it looked like an abandoned pawn shop. So they would know that as well. It's going to take you probably a good 15 to 20 minutes to get over there. The question is, is anybody doing anything else before we go? Just collecting my satchel full of goods. Making sure my doctor's bag is full of, you know, everything that is absolutely necessary to treat a grievous wound if necessary. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to assume that uh, Mr. Doyle is prepared for quite possibly anything. Oh yeah, I have all my usual uh, accoutrement. All right Now, uh, I have a question for both you and Mr. Uh, Forsyth. Are you bringing with your Enfields or anything else? No, no. I don't, I'm not expecting a siege. No, pistol pistol, and, and brass knuckles, that's all. Exactly. That's usual. Brass knuckles. I'm, just, I'm just checking. Doctor no. levels a very bland gaze at <laughs> Mr. Doyle. <laughs> what? Are you going to ask him how many more? How many more weapons do you have? Any? <laughs> All right. So never, you never expect a siege. Okay. So you arrive. Ellie leads to West 137th Street. Right. So this is where you guys come in at. You walk down that small alleyway I'd, I'd mentioned earlier. You see the abandoned, the door to the abandoned pawn shop to your left. Uh, straight ahead, you'll see a door, uh, and then that door, uh, that door on the right is the door to the Juju house. You see outside of it, there's uh, a sign that you'd seen before. Um, but for those of you who have not been here, uh, you see a sign that says Juju house. You hear, um, you hear and smell all sorts of things from the alley. It's not just the smell of another New York alley. Um, you smell incense, and you hear what you think is um, a bird, but it's some kind of tropical bird. It's definitely not something you're used to. Although, Miss Lane, um, this would sound somewhat familiar to you only because you're around people that get into exotic stuff. You hear what you think is a macaw. That's what it sounds like. What does yes. it smell? It's incense. Nine, not that smell. Oh. If you'd like, you could tell me who would be heading up to the door first, and I'll... I will, because I want to see what's in there. This is crazy. I am crazy. All right. Uh, the door to the Juju house, it's not wide open, but you can tell that it's definitely unlocked. Um, there seem to be a couple people out here in the alleyway itself. They're just kind of milling about. Really? Yeah, absolutely. What do they look like? For lack of a better term, they look like vagrants. Oh. So do we want to come up with a plan before we walk inside? Like something we're going to tell them we're looking for? Like maybe items from the call to the bloody tongue? No, I think that's a little too obvious. Not a little too on the nose. I never said I was not a frank person. Miss Lane, in the short time I have known you, you have, been, you have proven yourself to be anything but modest and meek. <laughs> well, meek anyway. I don't know, <laughs> not modest. I believe the correct terms are scandalous. 
I would not go that far. He just wants me at home cooking or something. Madam, a woman of your obvious pedigree would not be at home cooking. That's true. <laughs> Someone else would be doing the cooking for you. That is also true. Are we going to make this magic happen, or are we going to just hang out in the um, alley? I think we should have a plan, but I'm a little concerned about the people that are walking around out of here behind you. Mr. Doyle, Mr. Forsyth. They're not, they're not they so much like walking triplets. around. They're, uh... They're, yes, they're, they're very similar in, in, uh, dress, although not similar in face. It's just the token, so... It's... No, no, no. <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot creepier Glorious. that they're all the same person. <laughs> they're not all the same person. Okay. I should say we're looking for um, any import artifacts from Central or Western Africa. Okay. Sounds good. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and assume that this conversation is taking place in the car. Yeah. 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 Yes. Just tell them you're decorating a study with appropriately themed things for. Miss Lane has the money. She's decorating a study for a friend, father, herself, who's someone. I don't know. Yeah, we could say my father. That would probably be appropriate. Play by ear. Don't don't try to stick to any kind of script. I personally am just looking for any occult items. Any. And every. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes open. Okay. I follow um, Maven. So Maeve looks like she's she walking in. in. <laughs> yeah. The doctor is close behind. Uh, the three of you that are still outside, I assume you're going to follow the rest of the men, unless you tell me different. Yep. So the first couple things you notice when you when the two of you breach the doorway is uh, there is definite smell of uh, incense in this place. It's pretty thick, actually. The second thing you notice is the shop does not have a ton of room. Um, it's definitely not so much assholes to elbows in here, but it's pretty close. For the most part, you are struck by the sheer amount of things that this building has been able to hold inside its space. Everything from you know, fetishes on the wall to feathers, bones, uh, strange wood, masks, that sort of thing. It appears like an emporium. Does it um, appear orderly or disorderly? Oh, um, I would say actually a, a little bit of both. A little bit above the owner would know where everything was kind of chaos. That's a good way to put it. Well, I'm going to start by the, on the near shelf and just start scanning and looking at items. There's a lot to look at here. Um, I'll stick closer to Maeve because honestly, if I, if I see anything, she's going to be the one that I'm going to be asking whether or not it's anything. So, Okay. Uh, from an area behind a curtain, you see an elderly gentleman walk out. I don't want to hang around the front door so I can keep an eye outside. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. See a older gentleman, African gentleman, uh, short, uh, very little hair. Uh, he looks like he's in kind of an older fashion suit. Uh, and he kind of leans heavily on his cane as he gets to what looks like a reasonably sized three-legged stool behind the counter. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for coming. He kind of 
moves his eyes a little bit between Lillian and a little bit between <laughs> Miss O'Shea. Maybe not sure which one to talk specifically to. Motion my head towards the counter, towards Miss Lane, kind of a, you step up, say your words. He nods to you, Miss Lane. Good morning. Oh, what can I help you with today? I'm looking for some pieces of artwork from Western to Southern Africa. I'm looking to redecorate a study. Hmm. We have many things which might interest you. Uh, he gingerly steps around the side of the counter, kind of towards, a little bit towards where uh, Miss O'Shea is looking at some of the uh, items on the wall here. He steps to the corner and he takes down a long arrangement of peacock feathers. And it seems that they've been set into a wide and kind of bowed uh, piece of wood. He turns to you and shakes it just a bit with a toothless smile and says, uh, this is, uh, it's been here for many years, but as you can see, uh, it has a shock of color you don't see here in the States. What was it used for? Oh, this, uh, to purify the ground before a holy ceremony in a tribal village outside the Congo. He uh, kind of leans a bit on his cane, but sweeps the feathers back and forth a little bit and kind of plays with the maybe touch of ambient dirt that's or dust that's left on the floor. He uh, extends it out towards you. May I hold it? Of course, of course, a woman of your caliber. I would want nothing more. So I reach out and I take it. I move to the other side of the shop, up in the left corner. Okay. Like up towards where she, Miss uh, Lane was standing? Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to continue scanning for things that look like they might interest me or the investigation. <clears throat> I know there's a lot here, so I mean, if I take my time, I take my time. I figure Miss um, Lane will uh, distract the shopkeeper so I can just keep looking. Okay. Yeah, you look around a little bit. Um, you see what is fairly certain to be uh, several different size leather-headed drums. Uh, you see a couple of model stuffed giraffes, small stuffed giraffes, uh, an ivory warthog or two. You come across at one point um, what you're fairly certain is a devil mask carved out of some type of African wood. I'm keeping an eye open for knives, uh, red cloth. Um, you know, I, places like this usually have like an array of knives, but I'm looking for something similar to what we've seen. There are weapons here, but they're dull hand weapons. They're they're not meant for combat. They're all display pieces. I mean, even your uh, even your knowledge of tools, uh, you can tell. Uh, the, the knives don't have the right uh, type. These here ain't fighting weapons. These are singing weapons. <laughs> well, not just that, but more like you're imagining, okay, well, if some kid comes in here and asks for, oh, mommy, mommy, I want this. Okay, well, here, have this fun, you know, 
African toy, but it's a the blade is made of wood or it's it's dull. It's not not going to sharp. Not going to be too sharp uh, anyway. Right. Um, Jake, go ahead and give me a simple roll. That's a thirty, so that's definitely uh, under your spot hidden, uh, if memory serves correctly. What you've noticed outside, Mister Doyle is that two of these men have moved closer to one another and they are now uh, what look like they're kind of talking to one another in a lower voice and they're having a smoke at least uh, from the uh, massive exhales after the match lighting they look like they're looking this way at all oh yeah they're definitely keeping an eye on the shop I assume that's what they were doing out there. It depends on who who's we're working for. So, can I get further into the shop? Like, you can absolutely go there. There's no problem. What you're around right there are uh, a big shelf that goes all the way up floor to ceiling, and then you definitely see some more uh, larger pieces. So you see uh, blunted spears, um, shields, um, a couple of other masks that are in that area so Miss Lane uh, yeah you check out this peacock feathered item yep I hand it back to him and ask him uh, do you have anything rare do I have anything rare yes of course all of this is rare I mean it comes from Africa here Is there something in your... Yes, of course. Is there something in the shop that not anybody else may have? Um, Something special. He walks back behind the counter. Kind of putting the the glass counter between you and him. There is uh, one thing that I have that uh, I only have one of, but I've been trying to hold out for the right price. Money is no object. Way to give away my money. (laughs) Easy to do. Money is an object. And she has lots of it. (laughs) He he goes under the counter uh, and he brings out what appears to be a, a horn of ivory and on the horn of ivory you see uh, several pictograms so images uh, shapes of what are are fascinating scroll work all the way from the base of the horn all the way to the tip have we seen the um, the the hieroglyphs anywhere else before um, have you? I mean, I don't know that yeah. you've seen them before. You could always okay, make well. a roll if you'd like. Are there canes that anywhere be... in the shop? I would also like to look at the writing or pictogram on the horn. What are, what are we rolling? Next to Miss Lane? Yeah. Okay. Do you want so, me to roll language or something? or? If you want to make this roll, it would be anthropology. Ooh, I 
do not have. Oh, neither do I. So you guys can stare at it if you'd like. Uh, so you can stare at it. You stare at it for, for a little while. Um, Ooh. To no, answer no, no. your question, I have James, 31 they do in have it. canes, yes. Hold on, I can still roll. I have 31. Um, Lonnie, what's Mr. Forsythe doing in all this? He's staring at the tip. He must be. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. No, no, I uh, I shut my I mic off it. for a moment there so I could snark in private. Um, well, I'm I'm uh, watching the proprietor and the uh, I assume that's a doorway behind him. Yeah, it's a curtain. Yep. It's a curtain. Okay. Do I detect any sort of movement back there, or maybe shadows? Yeah, no, the thing about that curtain is it's really well connected to both sides of the archway. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really give, and there's no light passing, there's not enough light passing through it to to give any shadow play Okay, out. so like no shadows going in between the light source and the curtain, or? It yeah. does not appear that way, no. Okay. Um, so as you're staring at this horn, Miss O'Shea, and you're mm-hmm. walking it over with, with Miss Lane, you come to the conclusion uh, that this horn was probably dedicated during a ritual by uh, an Egyptian tribe called the Maasai. M-A-A-S-A-I, Maasai, tribesmen, and they're very rare. Uh, to even see one out in, uh, outside of Africa is unheard of. That is indeed a rare item. He gives you a uh, a bit of his uh, toothless smile. Uh, it is that. But the lady here was asking for something no one else had, something rare, and so I provided. What kind of ritual would it be used in? Yeah. He takes the horn back from you and kind of rolls it over on the table on this kind of uh, cabinet that he uses as a almost like a retail counter and he begins to move his hands up and down this horn uh, from the left to the right kind of a almost like he's washing it and you can hear him hum in tones a little bit as he moves his hands up and down uh, there are many rituals one could use a horn this powerful for I lock eyes with Maeve. Do I know of anything? You can make me an occult roll if you'd like. Sweet, that I will do. I want to make one of them too. Go ahead and make the occult roll. Um, I believe that's a hard for me or an extreme. That's probably an it's probably an extreme for you. <laughs> yeah, I have an eighty-three in occult. Missed it by ten. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Miss Lane, that occult roll of 98 is just not going to work. So, a couple of things. Of course it's strange. It's not from New York. Mm, right, exactly. Go tiff with this. Precisely. Let me see here. The doctor's occult is 35, so yeah, that's not going to cut it, sir. Um, doctor, you're not really sure, honestly, if it is all that useful or interesting, honestly, of an item. Uh, but what you are certain of is that shopkeeper is starting to give you a strange vibe. Miss Lane, you are fully convinced that this is something that is definitely of mystical quality. 
and Miss O'Shea, you're equally convinced that this is literally just a horn of ivory that somebody drew some stuff on. Could I make an archaeology roll? Um, if you were over close enough to examine it, yeah. Mm. But right now you're you're not. No, I'm not. So you were saying that it's it is giving me a strange vibe. <laughs> no, not at all. I was telling James oh. that the uh, person behind the counter was giving him a strange vibe. Oh, okay. So I don't. I know it's not really anything except for what they believe in their culture. Right. Pretty much. I'm like okay. So I will tell the shopkeeper it's nice. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily what we're looking for. Yeah. But uh, I have many things on the floor. You are welcome to see if something catches your eye. Yeah, I will look around and see. Maybe I'll help her out. Doctor, why don't you give me a spot hidden roll, given your angle? 20 under 58. Given your angle uh, that you're standing at right now, staring at this uh, elderly African man, uh, you see that he has a... A leather thong around his neck. It has a key hanging off of it. I need that key. Well, just ask Mr. Doyle. I'm sure he'll remove it from me. <laughs> I don't know. I can't pick that. <laughs> Look, uh, you're a problem solver. You're on the case. I'm sure beating up an old African gentleman would be easy. Well, yeah, it'd be easy, but I mean... There's limits to what I'm willing to do. Yeah, you gotta pay him first. Press, press X to doubt. <laughs> okay, so let's. Miss O'Shea, why don't you give me another anthropology roll? Me? Another O'Shea yeah. in there? there. <laughs> uh, I didn't hear the O'Shea part, sorry. My apologies, Miss O'Shea. Yeah, well, she's Irish, so it's possible there's suddenly another O'Shea. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that you still have the option to push rolls and you still have the option to spend luck. So those are in your wheel, both of your wheelhouses. You got to either spend the luck or you got to want it. I do want it. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been continually looking around and really searching for something occult in nature, like for real. Well, you are looking for something. And I think it's reasonable to say that you know what the real stuff is when you see it. And so far, mm-hmm. you have not seen it. You could decide to go up and down the aisles until you find what you're looking for. Well, that was kind of my plan, is I want to go through the whole store eventually and hope that I see something that catches my eye, you know? May, may I make a suggestion? You know, it would be really, really, really pointed out that his shop is full of the sort of thing that he could make in his back room and pass off as the real thing. Whether that's true or not, I'm sure it would offend him enough to the point where yeah. you, you might get a reaction. But we don't want him to clam up either. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm just going to keep looking around. So then would I roll and then it would I would have to make a hard success? Yeah, that would be the push. That'd be you pushing your roll. It's either that or you spend luck to get down to your skill roll. That's the two options. Yeah, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna try and push it. Okay. Because otherwise I gotta spend, like, 15 luck. There, there is risk involved. 
Right. Do it. Yeah, I'll do it anyways. All right. Everybody pray for me. Huh. No. <laughs> All right. Yes. So that's awesome. bad. That's an 86. That's not going to do it. So you. My skill you was wander, 31. You wander around the shop a little bit and you get a little. You get your Irish up a little bit because you're just not seeing it. And you get to the corner where you were and you end up tipping over uh, a couple of the pieces by accident. One of the stuffed giraffes like lands on collection of masks and bric-a-brac that are all over the place and you in this small corner back here in the juju house you you kind of create um, a, a cluster of problems as stuff begins falling all over the place awesome. and the older man who's still behind the counter still trying to convince uh, Miss Lane to buy his horn which he's still lovingly rubbing um, he looks up in shock and he says oh he screams out oh my gosh and he uh, moves out from behind the counter and comes towards you and he's coming pretty slow too because he's definitely favoring the leg and the cane when he does it I'm going to tell Forsyth to watch the front door and I'm going to slip in the back <laughs> My mouth At shut. least I created a distraction. Shouldn't notice okay. me so much. I've, I've stayed near the door. I haven't moved. You know, haven't said anything. Okay, so here's what I'd like, Mr. Doyle. I would like you to make a stealth roll. His stealth is 55. He rolled a 38 the first time, so that's more than enough. <laughs> now, Mr. Forsyth, what is your plan? He wants me to watch the door. I don't. I didn't see any reason to watch the door, but since he's slipping behind the counter, I figure it would be a good move for me to rather loudly walk towards the site of the disturbance. With the air of, let me help you with that. Okay, so just five or ten feet, or you're going to go all the way down the road? I'm going to go about halfway, like like I don't move very fast myself. I move to cover the door while he's moving down to see Miss O'Shea. Yep, I got you. Uh, we're not in rounds yet, so it's it's nothing. We're not we're we're not there yet. Um, although the disturbance, it appears, uh, those two folks out there appear to still be uh, having a smoke and uh, passing a small bottle between the two of them. I'm <laughs> going to curse under my breath in my native language and start trying to pick up all of the stuff. Okay. This uh, older gentleman comes over and he angrily begins picking up the objects and trying to put them back where they were supposed to be. Almost as if he's offended that you've messed up his specific stack of items. And he doesn't, he doesn't push you out of the way so much as he moves to prevent you from continuing to pick up items and he's like just let let me handle it and if you're not going to buy anything just be done okay I will slowly start walking away alright you're going to end up bumping into Forsyth because there's only so much room not physically bumping right. him but he's coming towards you Jake you have slipped into the back room yes can I say something in Latin to Miss O'Shea? I, don't, I mean, sure you, both, could. 
You both speak Latin, so I don't see why you couldn't. I tell her to make it worse. <laughs> okay, so then I will bump into Mr. Forsyth and jingle the shelf next to me. Okay, so you're gonna like purposely try to make a scene even bigger than it is? Well, like, like I was trying to get past him, but like my butt was too big or something and knocked um, more stuff down. Let's just, just for safety's sake, let's check Miss O'Shea's size and see how big that butt is. It's, it's really not, but... <laughs> Oh, your size is 70. You might have a bit of oh, junk in that true. trunk there. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Their size is bigger than mine. What the yeah. <laughs> She's tall. She's, She's got mostly long tall. Leg. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to make... She got out before the potato famine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's a dex roll. Okay. 65 or under. I'm going to see if you can bump some things off the shelf. <laughs> yes. Couldn't roll that earlier, but you know. <laughs> That's a three. Um, so you step close to Mr. Forsyth and you lovingly trip into a shelf that he's near, just by accident, of course. And of course, what Mr. Forsyth is going to do just out of human reaction is try to catch her because it looks like yes. she's falling. And when he does, his shoulder, too, is also going to kind of intercept a bit of the shelf. And that shelf rocks a little bit. <laughs> And we have a, a serious situation in the Juju house as an entire shelf begins to come down in the middle of the shop, crashing items all over the place. So while that's happening, Mr. Doyle, you have found your way into the back room. You see what appears to be a living space back here. Um, it looks like for the most part bed. Uh, there's a small cooktop stove. There's a dresser. Uh, you hear a crash from out front. That sounds like a a bunch of things have fallen over again. And what I'll give you is about a round or so to tell me what you want to find back here. Are there any desks or anything here? There is a desk, yes. I want to go through the desk, look for anything that might stand out. Papers, correspondence, a journal maybe. I don't know. Why don't you go ahead and give me... A spot hidden roll. A success. 61. Can I lock the front door? That's a... S okay, so his sleight of hand is, what, 10? Because it's base? Yep. You're going to spend the uh, six points of luck and make it a success? Absolutely will, yes. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you casually lock the front door. It doesn't appear like anybody notices you do it with the commotion... Um, but the door to the front is now locked. Fantastic. So, Jake, the desk itself has papers that uh, are all over the place. Um, you do see a couple things that catch your interest. Uh, one of them is a, a ledger book. It's pretty long. It's pretty, they're, they're pretty long. Uh, as far as a financial ledger, uh, you don't you know you don't have time to sift through it. And then you see something catches your eye in the corner. So over here by the bed, uh, what you see is something that unnerves you for sure. 
you see a long length of fabric that sits up on a pedestal. Uh, no, it's not red. It's black, actually. And it's covering something on what appears to be a pedestal. Okay. Have any marks on it or anything? It's, it's just fabric. literally just... It's just fabric, but it's covering something for sure. Well, I will uh, uncover it. You uncover it, and the moment you pull the cloth off, you wish you hadn't. Underneath the cloth is a mask, and this African mask is filled with different finger-painted lines that seem to be in a rust-brown color. Uh, Atop the mask itself, affixed in a rather horrific fashion, is a very long and rolled-up human tongue. And that's when you make a sanity roll. Okay, that's all. Yeah. Seven. That is an absolute pass. Uh, So you don't lose any sanity. Um, but you are probably a little bit unnerved, at least in the guts, that an entire, what appears to be human tongue, mummified human tongue, uh, sits atop the mask. I'm going to, uh, you know what, we've got to talk to this guy. We really have to talk to this guy. I'm going to pull my gun and I'm going to back into the front room. Okay. Uh, you pull your gun and you march back into the front room. Yep. Uh, this seems like a well thought out decision. So, in the front room, uh, the chaos that's ensued has kind of caught everybody a little bit off guard. Uh, because while Miss O'Shea knew what she was doing, Miss Lane had no idea that someone was going to push an entire shelf over towards the uh, retail counter, which she was standing next to. So, while it isn't so much a direct threat to you, Miss Lane, it does catch you a bit off guard. Uh, the older African-American man is uh, beside himself at this point, uh, trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And then, yeah, it'll, we'll pick that scene up immediately now. So my question is to first, Mr. Forsyth, what are you doing uh, to recover? Well, have I caught Miss O'Shea? You did. You did catch her. I sit her down on the floor. Don't move. And then uh, I start profusely apologizing to the uh, old gentleman and trying my best to uh, pick his shelf back up. Miss Lane, what are you doing? Backing up away from the mess. Okay, so if you're going to back up, where are you going to go to her? Because the shelf itself, unfortunately, has landed... uh, you don't really have a way to back out of there without kind of getting into the shopkeeper's way. This space that you're in, you're standing in right now, is where the shelf has collapsed onto. So that's not that's not available to you at all. Okay. You could try to slip past the shopkeeper with a simple dex roll. Yeah, that's under your dex. I wish you there. Uh, so, my question to you, Miss Lane, is: Do you would you like to go there? Or would you like to go there? There, because Jack is coming out the back door, there, or the back there. 
I don't want to be in the middle of that. Okay. Well, unfortunately, you won't really know that, but it becomes fairly evident pretty quickly. I assume, Mr. Doyle, that you're coming out, gun out. Is it raised, or are you keeping it down by your side? Keep it down by my side. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're now back in... Try to see if I can catch the eye of Forsyth. Uh, there is a shelf between you and he at the moment. You see him a little bit, but not enough to get his attention right now. I'll try to uh, step up behind the uh, the old guy. Okay, uh, Miss O'Shea. Yes. Um, what is uh, what is your plan? You are caught by Forsyth, even though you don't think you really needed it. But no, the shopkeeper has is now trying to collect his things and he uh, he seems very distressed I'm just gonna tell him I'm sorry I must still not be feeling well I'm not doing very well today uh, can I flip the sign to closed uh, you, yes you could you're not gonna worry those two uh, or three gentlemen outside if you do that actually I'm keeping an eye on them and Doyle, see if I can keep, you know, see what he's up to. Because if he's got a gun out, then he must have found something. If you'd like the doctor to make a spot hidden roll, uh, he could to try to see if I would love he that. Sees. Right ahead, sir. Yeah, that's a ninety-three. So, uh, yeah, you don't notice. So far, no one has noticed that Doyle has a weapon out. Actually. One last spot hidden roll, and I'd like that from Miss Lane. Because Miss Lane has at least half a chance to see, given the position that he's moved into. And she <laughs> rolls a one. So let's make sure that she has checked her box for a spot hidden on her character sheet if it's not done already, because that will definitely do it. And you see him come out the back curtain of the shop and as you kind of move into position uh, to get clear of anything else that might possibly be falling in this place, you see that Mr. Doyle now has a gun in his hand and he looks very focused. I just widen my eyes a little bit and kind of tisk at him. Uh, the shopkeeper keeps trying to pick up what he uh, you know, what he's got on the floor. He, he does not seem to have noticed that Mr. Doyle came out from behind the curtain. Mr. Doyle, did you find anything we are looking for? Oh, yeah. I found something. I point the gun at the uh, old man. My God. What did you find, Jack? Found something we need to talk about. The uh, shopkeeper turns around and looks at you, Mr. Doyle, and then pretty obviously spots that you're carrying a weapon and he gets really scared and so now what I'm going to call for is a group luck roll so group luck rolls in Call of Cthulhu are a luck roll that is rolled by the character with the lowest luck in the game so I bet I know who that is <laughs> you do because you're him <laughs> Oh, this will be bad. All right, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, meaning no. Yeah, that will not do it, sir. Um, <laughs> the shopkeeper screams at the top of his lungs, and he says, Oh, my God, help, they're trying to rob me. He screams. 
Pistol whipped him. You're gonna, you're gonna pistol whip him? Okay. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Alright. So that's a fighting brawl roll. Are you really gonna tackle an old man? Well, I'm gonna hit him. Pist- oh. Well, that, I don't know that that's any better. <laughs> Look. If you can't pistol whip a man while he's down, you'll never have the guts to do it when he's standing up. Okay. Right. A 63 under 75. Very good. I mean, maybe. The old man here is going to attempt to dodge. Uh, he does so. Uh, he kind of belies his his elderly state, and he hits the deck. Oh my god! You see a bunch of trinkets and stuff go all... He spills all of them all over the floor. He screams again, help, help! It's at this point, uh, Doctor, that you see a couple of the men in the alley begin to take a closer look at what's going on. I pull the door shade down. Oh, good gravy. That's not suspicious at all. (laughs) No, not at all. So, let me just double check the uh, ye old grizzly shopkeeper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Miss Lane, um, you've seen Mr. Doyle uh, exit the back area. He raised uh, the pistol up and he attempted to beat the man down on the ground. That has not worked. The man ducked and now it's your opportunity to do something. I'd like to step between Mr. Doyle and the shopkeeper and try to calm the shopkeeper mm-hmm. down while, while trying not to knock the crap out of Jack for pistol whipping the old man. Okay, I'm going to say that your attempt to charm him, which I assume it's going to be because you're trying to calm the situation down. Um, I could use charm or fast talk. Actually, I think it's probably persuade. Persuade? Okay. Because you're trying, you're trying to get him to do something specific, like calm down. Yeah, calm um, down. Or, Stop yelling. But I'm going to say that this type of persuade, given the fact that he's been attacked, uh, is going to be immediately a hard difficulty. I got a 27 out of 60. 27 out of 60, so that's definitely a hard. You begin trying to talk him down. What? Tell me what you're, you're saying to him specifically. I'm, you know, profusely apologizing to him for what my um, associate did, checking to make sure that he's okay. We just really just want to ask some questions. There was never an intent, any intention to hurt him. Okay. Interesting. Miss um, O'Shea, it is uh, your action. Um, I'm going to, whatever way I have to, either push past Forsyth or climb over the shelf or whatever I want to I want to head back and see what Doyle saw that made him so upset because it's probably something I want to see you're just desperate to lose as much sanity as you can very good well um, sure but <laughs> usually these things turn out to be a things I can read B occult things I mean they're kind of up my alley okay uh, at which point okay. you're going to have to make a spot hidden roll to find out whatever the heck Jack was looking at. Okay. So go ahead and resolve that for me, and then we'll move on to... Question. I mean, would, wouldn't it still be uncovered? Or did he cover it back up before he went outside? I'll give you advantage because it's still uncovered. It's still something she'd have to find. 
And there's no, like, light on it. Worst kind of advantage ever. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm pretty so, sure I failed it anyways. I mean, technically... My spot hidden 68, so... Yeah, but if you roll it... Because roll 20 doesn't have a great method for this. Go ahead and roll it again. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's right. Because with advantage, you would get a secondary tens die. I don't know how we'll do that in the future. I'll figure. No, that out. was even worse. No. Okay. Well, you would take the eighty-three because you had advantage. Um, so, so this round right now, you're not certain what okay. he's freaking out about. That said, uh, it is now uh, Jack's action again. Shut your damn mouth, or I'm going to drill you. Sweet okay. lordy. So, are you attempting to intimidate him? I am intent attempting to intimidate him. Okay. So, that's an intimidate roll, which you're pretty good at. Very good at. It was a 17. Yeah, is that, is that an extreme? No, not quite. Just missed it. No, that's too bad. You could spend a luck, couldn't you, to make it an extreme? You could if you wanted to. Do it. Either way, you stand over him, menacing with the pistol, and he looks up at you and in one moment is terrified. And in the next moment seems to harden like his face. Like he gets angry. And he says, you came to the wrong shop. Um, so you have been very menacing, sir, but uh, it does not appear to have had any effect on him. Um, so, uh, Mr. Forsyth. I immediately take up position on the side of the door. Or actually on the side of the window. Okay. So I'm pretty much right where I was. I want to be out of immediate line of sight of the people outside. Right. But I want to be able to watch the front door. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just a glass door that has a handle on it, so um, they can't really see in very well because the doctor, of course, has has, uh, closed the shade on it, so... Yeah, but the window is still open, right? Yep. So, um, you see her searching around the back room. Would you also like a spot hidden roll while you're back there? I very much would, sir. You wouldn't, but I'm going to go ahead and give it you one. You don't. And you as well can't see anything. Wonderful. Unless your spot hidden is really high. Nope. Um, but but um, truth be told though I gave her advantage because she knew Jack saw something back here um, so it's only fair that I give James the same role so it would be a secondary role given this engine so give us another role if you would sir that appears much better that's better Yep, that's a 17. Um, so 
in the far corner back here, Doctor, you come across a hideous mask uh, and a piece of fabric on top of it, which appears to have a uh, entire length wrapped up of a mummified human tongue. My God. And now you roll Sandy. <laughs> That's a problem. Crap. <laughs> um, so you, you're going to lose one sanity for seeing that. So go ahead and deduct a point of sanity. You should be able to edit your sanity on your sheet. Uh, at which point, it won't be too hard for Miss O'Shea to see what the heck you're looking at. Um, um, so that appears, Miss O'Shea, to be what all the hubbub is about. Uh, and now, the uh, you hear a noise, Mr. Uh, Forsyth, at the door. You hear... A noise, and you see the gentlemen are from the that are outside are trying to get in. Wait, he locked the door. Yeah, he did. He locked the door. Oh Jesus! Um. And the the men who are outside that are trying to get in look really, really intent on getting in. Eh. Well, that's fine. They'll they'll start ramming the door, I assume. At some point, maybe. They'll try to kick the door in or whatever. Okay. Um, So, Miss Lane will uh, start at the next round. Miss Lane, um, this this man, the shopkeeper... um, who you've heard a couple of... You'd heard the doctor remark before that there was a man in this shop that gave a very, very uneasy feeling to several people that he'd talked to about. You're beginning to get that feeling from him. Is uh, Mr. Doyle still trying to yell at him? I mean, I would assume that Jack hasn't gone anywhere. Oops. Okay, I'm going to turn my attention to Mr. Doyle to try to calm him down before he gets us all killed. Okay. So I'm going to try to step between them. And I would probably use Persuade again. Mm, Yes. Okay. If you're trying to be nice about it, yes. Well, I did bring my axe. It's in my boat, but I don't think he wants me to use that. Okay. <laughs> that is so uh, such a that's failure. A criti- that's a critical failure. Um, always nice to see that big hundred roll up. Always nice. Um, I don't so- like this. <laughs> <laughs> she- Jack, she stands up a little bit and tries to kind of just 
calm you down a little bit. And you feel the exact opposite of calm. Um, you're with us. You need to step aside. We are in the right place. We're here for answers. And you have answers. About Jackson Elias. About the cult of the bloody tongue. About these murders. We're going to pry them out of you. Okay. Jack, Jack we have company. In case he didn't hear the door getting rattled. Uh, he might not have. Um, although it is beginning to rattle quite a bit now. Miss O'Shea, uh, in the back room area, you see... Uh, yeah, you, you see a mask with a big, long, mummified human tongue on it. Um, and it's, it's your action now, so let me know what you're up to. So I want to see if there's any designs or writings on the mask itself, like any symbols... Um, no, it doesn't seem to be, I mean, symbols, no, it seems more like a mask that would fit over uh, someone's face, and it okay. has a couple of straps that you, he would strap to keep it tight, and there's a piece of cloth that, that goes uh, at the top of it, uh, and then when he's wearing that, there's a, it appears anyway, that this mummified human tongue is, is woven into the top of it, and... Okay. uh it probably drags down pretty far uh, if he's actually wearing it or if someone was wearing it, yeah. Okay, cool. So what would you like to do this round, if anything? Other than um, look around. Yeah, I mean, mostly I just want to see if there's any other occult things that go with this because, I mean, if this is very ri ritualistic, which it would seem to me, then there's got to be other things that go with this ritual. I want to check out the other corner. Uh, you'll have an opportunity to in just a moment, sir. So, Doctor, if you step over here, yes? Perfect. You'll reveal is a very small room, which appears to be a bathroom. So, there's a bathroom in there. The door is kind of cracked open um, at a simple glance there doesn't seem to be anything spectacular about the bathroom you might want to find out if there's a window very good question are there windows in this bathroom yeah there's a small window at the back of it there are a couple of small windows in this uh, little bedroom kind of living space area as well not big enough for a person to get through though uh, no definitely not is this a kitchenette directly, like, to the south of me? Yes, that is a kitchenette that you're kind of... Directly behind you is a kitchenette, yes. Mr. Forsyth, you're still keeping an eye on the front door, yes? Yes. You can see these men begin to batter the door uh, and pull at it and try to break down the door. And... You can see the door is, is moment, moments from giving way. Pull a firearm and find cover. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I tell and I tell everyone else, get down. Okay. 
You pull a firearm and you move. Yeah. Kind of behind the behind the counter, behind which corner? Behind the display case over there, so I can still see the door. So okay. I still have a direct line of sight on the door. And then uh, Jack, your last action uh, this round. Uh, you see that the door is about to give way. I'm still trying to force this in- information out of this old man. <laughs> okay. Grab him by the front of his shirt and put a gun in his mouth. It's <laughs> very direct of you. He's a real Chicago policeman. You put the gun in his mouth, Mr. Doyle, and he begins to cackle like a madman as he bites down on your barrel with his slathering gums as he's sands any teeth. And then the door to the shop gives way. And that is where we'll call it for this session. So when we get together the next time, we'll see what ha- what becomes of our investigating crew. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening. And uh, we hope to uh, give you some more uh, enjoyable sessions to listen to in the future. Okay.